Well, welcome back to Three Putt Par. This is episode number 25, and my name is Mike Caridi, and I'm your host. I'm also your guest. There's only one of me this week. Um, I'm giving Will the week off as my guest host that jumps in here and there, and Realistically, I just wanted to try something a little bit different this week. I am obviously having a very big week, as anyone that listened to last week's show knows. Uh, I'm off to King Island first thing Tuesday morning, so this is coming out early. Uh, It's probably ideal that it is coming out early because uh, we do have the farmer's insurance on this week in La Jolla, California, down in San Diego, and they are starting on the Wednesday, uh, which they have been doing the last couple of years with all the NFL games coming up on the Sunday. So they want to make sure that all those... Big games are uh, not interfering with the golf and vice versa. So we are a week early and we are solo. So if you do listen this week, please give me feedback. I, I always welcome for any feedback. Flick me an email, threeputtpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on uh, Instagram. Or if you've got my phone number, flick me a text message. If you don't have my phone number, um, that's probably because I don't really know you. But uh yeah, just listen to this week. It's going to be just me. I'm going to run through all the results. I'm going to go through some of the tipping, probably a little bit heavier in the gambling side. So uh, really want to talk a little bit about next week's event, which is a big one, I think. I feel like Tory Pines has always been one of those ones that people really like to get involved with. It's kind of feel that like the, the golf year is really starting to amp up. Uh, so this week was a, another week, not for the punters. So uh, winner this week was Nick Dunlap. Nick Dunlap has won the American Express this morning, Melbourne time. He's an amateur. Like, so for starters, all of you horrendous golfers out there like myself that are amateurs, this guy's just like us. Well, he's a lot better than us, but he, uh, he's he gone out and won this morning, and he, he won pretty well. I described it to someone that I was messaging this morning. He was just nails down the stretch. He, he did what he had to do. Uh, he ended up winning at 29 under. We did predict the winning score would be around 28, so we weren't too far away from it, um, but he probably was... I might say gifted, but he was definitely helped from Sam Burns. Sam Burns was probably the the one who was probably a little bit more experienced in this sort of pressure situation, and it's fair to say he didn't handle it. On 17, he rinsed one on the par three and made double, and then he decided to really make a mess of it and spend some prize money on 18 and rinse another one and make another double. So he went from you know equal leader leader over those last uh, few holes to finish Four shots behind Nick Dunlap, who held on with a really, really solid par. It was a bit squeaky. Um, don't get me wrong. He did uh, he did his second shot off into the uh, right-hand side. It sort of bounced off a mound, maybe off a spectator. Ended up getting down up and down for his par, which is a really good result for him. He doesn't get the cash, um, which I'm sure he's probably not too stressed about. He does get the title. He's very, very happy with himself. He also has the ability now to turn pro and take advantage of getting a PJ Tour card for next season. So... There's a lot of good things there for him. So, yeah, it was just really, really good. I I don't think there would have been too many people that even coming into the final round gave him a a chance of necessarily definitively winning. People probably gave him a chance, but nothing nothing like they were thinking he'd definitely do it. I mean, an amateur is normally going to be a little bit more uh, stressed out than most. And I'd say pre-tournament, no one had him. Uh, I looked up the numbers this morning. I think when I put the email out last Wednesday, Melbourne time, he was trading around 550 to 1 on Betfair and 326 on Sportsbet. Uh, so for those playing at home, that means Grayson Murray last week won at about 1,000. Nick Dunlap, the amateur, won this week at about 550. So anyone that wants to talk about betting on golf as something they want to do and retire, uh, yeah, find something else because uh, it's not, it's not going to happen. Uh, but we all keep having fun and, and always gamble responsibly. Uh, Christian Bezadenhut, um, Cbez, he had a really good finish as well. Uh, it did look like he was going to maybe make a playoff. Um, if Dunlap didn't make that par putt from about four or five feet, 
he was going to be in a playoff. He finished quite well with a seven under final round. And Kevin Yu continues to sort of throw in some really good results here and there. A really nice nine under finish to to fight into that T3 with Xander and Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas was another one in the final group who was playing with his um, oh, alma mater, whatever you want to describe it, Nick Dunlap, but being an Alabama boy as well. Um, they certainly talked a lot about the two of those guys down the stretch, but JT didn't play poorly. He just didn't didn't quite tie it all together, but it is good to see him playing better golf than he was all of last year anyway. So there's always a, a little bit of, little bit of brightness there on the horizon for JT, which was good to see. Um, other than that, it was, you know, a little bit more of a tournament like we expect to see this time of year. First one on mainland USA, um, a lot of scenery from the desert, um, that big bunker that they love showing in the Alcatraz, uh, Island par three seventeenth 17th that they love showing on and on and on. Um, it was a bit of a, you know, a snooze fest in parts, going deep with the Pro-Am those first three days, as we said it would be. Um, it wasn't a bad tournament. Uh, it was probably just going to be forever known as the one where the amateur won. Like I said, first time since 1991 that's happened. So Phil Mickelson was the last time to, for anyone to win on the PGA Tour as an AM. So well done to Nick. Uh, for the picks that we had in the email this week, there were five. We had Eric Cole at 40s, Patrick Cantlay 11, Sung Jm 24, Andrew Putnam 77, and JT Poston at 34. JT was our best result. He was T11 at 34s. Eric Cole was probably the disappointing one. Um, he was, I think, a couple of shots off the lead coming into the third round, and he was going to play this. Uh, wasn't say he was going to play the Nicholas course, which was playing the easiest. Uh, he didn't quite shoot the score he should have shot. Um, I think others were probably averaging eights and nines under, and he was, I think, maybe finished sixes. Um, wasn't going to get in there, and then yeah, a bit of a really slow final round. So he really petered out over the weekend. So still hold a little bit of um hope that Eric's going to have a, another win or win coming up. Uh, and JT Poston's probably the one that played played a little bit above himself, but the putter keeps going quite strong for him. So that's uh that's never going to be a bad thing. But yeah, so not no no wins this week on the PGA Tour. Uh, but it was still, you know, like I said, wasn't too far away, which is always uh, always helpful. And now some of you, I know, are a lot more interested in the European Tour or the DP World Tour, as that it is formally known, uh, where Rory won. Now, Rory last week was, uh, well, he was described as a choker, and let's be honest, it was. It was a fair choke. He, 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 Tommy did what he had to do, but yeah, Rory just couldn't close the doors last week, so as you'd expect from a guy who's one of the best players in in history of golf, he did what good players should do, and that's come out the next week, not let it affect him, and he won. Um, I won't say he won convincingly. Uh, he had one birdie on his back nine in the final round. Oh, sorry, one pogey in the, in the final round. I was on a par five. So, yeah, he wasn't exactly shooting the lights out to really take it by the throat and win. Um, early on, Cameron Young, the American, was leading into the final round. Uh, and Adrian Moronk was right there as well. And Cameron and Adrian, both on that front nine, had put a ball in the water to kind of knock it, what looked like knocking themselves out of it. Then they fought on. Uh, Adrian Moronk was in the picks last week, so he did finish second, and we literally called out. So in the email, again, if you do want it, threepartpodcast at gmail.com. Sent it out last week. The, the exact comment was, we can't bet this event. Um, Rory's too short. Uh, if you do want to have someone at value, we had Laurie Cantor, uh, Thorpe Dawn, Olison, Thunder Bear. And Adrian Moronk. And Adrian Moronk did what he had to do and he finished second. He nearly pinched it. He nearly got Rory in the end. Uh, that that ball in the water on the first hole didn't, uh, first um, nine didn't help. Kevin, Kevin Young's probably the one I want to talk about a little bit. Um, I just don't like him. I don't know why. Not personally, not as a, not as someone like I say, you know, Patrick Cantlay's the most boring man in golf. Cameron Young just is a person that I just don't think I'm ever going to have a dollar on. He's, 
He's the sort of guy that seems to really turn up for the majors, a little bit like Brooks does, but doesn't hasn't quite won one yet. Um, but outside of that, he just doesn't seem to be able to do anything. Um, this is this is a good result. Don't get me wrong. It's I mean, it obviously is a weaker field than what he's been playing in over in the US most of the time. But yeah, I just he really needs to get one because he's he's either playing quite poorly or getting right in the mix like he was this weekend, and should have won, and then shoots over par in the final round. Now he's plus two seventy four in the final round. He is the only one in the top 10 that shot over par. The average score outside of that is probably somewhere around three under. So to go down by two, um, that's just not not going to do it. And he needs to be better. Even if you look at his scorecard and that plus two, I mean, he's got he's got two birdies in there. So he's had, he's had four bogeys and two birdies in the final round. That to me just says he, he's, he's either struggling with the pressure or his mental, um, not mental fragility, but he's maybe needs someone to, to talk to, like maybe Jamie Glazier needs to get, get, get into his ear and really talk to him about some mechanics or maybe what the motions that he goes through pre-swing. Like something's there. Like It's just happening too frequently where he's not quite closing the door. And he's an exceptional golfer. So when I say I don't like him, he's a really, really good golfer. He's just not not doing what he needs to do or what we expect him to do is probably a better way to put it. But Rory got the chocolates. Um, again, you expect him to. So uh, again, it's not Dubai Desert Classic is is a classic classic event for the DP World Tour, but probably was a little lighter field. Um, obviously, been decimated by a few or a lot of players heading over to live and some of the bigger names. But uh, yeah, I think um, Rory winning came as no surprise to everyone. I think, and I think his odds are around three dollars. So um, if you invested in him heavily and you got lots of money for it, uh, congratulations. But uh, it was definitely an event I stayed away from this week. The la also the second last event we put tips up for this week was the LPGA. So the LPGA this week was in Orlando, Florida, the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions, uh, and the winner was Lydia Ko. Lydia Ko had a really really good week, just stock standard, didn't didn't go super deep, but just didn't make any mistakes. Fourteen under, uh, beat Alexa Pano by two shots at twelve under. Uh, Brooke M Henderson at ten, and then Cheyenne Knight at eight. Uh, Akea Fure at eight and Ellie Ewing at eight as well. So they were not far behind her. The good news for anyone that got the email was Lydia, New Zealand's favourite, uh, was in the picks. So Lydia this week was in our picks. We only picked three for the um for the LPGA this week. We had uh, Lydia Ko at nineteen dollars, Ashley Buhai seventy one, and Lynn Grant at twenty six. So Lydia winning was good. It did help um, fix up some of the issues we encountered on the uh, five hundred and fifty to one winner on the PGA tour. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it's one of those ones where she's been showing some good form. So, you know, I won't say it was surprising to see her win because we picked her, but I think a lot of people probably have not had her in the mix. Um, but, you know, that's back-to-back wins now. So realistically, if you look at her, she won this start and then she won seven weeks ago as well. So um, I think some people not put her in the mix purely because she won last start or last time she went out, I should say. And to be honest, sometimes I do the same. I forgot a person that won this week let's just say it wasn't Nick Dunlop so with Justin Thomas I'm probably against betting Justin go back to back but I think with Lydia playing you know six weeks apart or a gap in the middle it kind of helps me feel less precious about backing somebody to win in two weeks I don't know whether I feel like they're going to be hung over not sure what I think the difference is and it doesn't really change their ability but uh, it was a, it was a really good win by Lydia Coe so congratulations to her uh, the last event that we had was one that was here in Victoria. So we had the uh, the WebEx Players Series up in the Murray, uh, and the winner was Kazuma Kabori. So now, I love Kazuma Kabori, and anyone who gets the email will be well and truly across that because 
since I saw him play at the uh, Asia Pacific Am, I've tipped him every week. I've tipped him every week to win. And guess when I stopped tipping him? That's right, this week. Uh, this is the first week I haven't tipped uh, Kazuma Kabori, uh, which was, you know, that takes talent from me to really just really make sure I'm following a player because I can see he's a talent, um, but I don't know why I didn't pick him this week. I did see him. I did see him and his sister Momoko Kabori playing. It is the mixed event, um, but I did not take him. So he won 21 under. Uh, Momoko finished T3 at 17 under. So, yeah, it was a bit a bit disappointing, I won't lie. Um, great to see him win. Like, really, really good. The, the, the guy's a talent. He uh, he clearly is just going to continue um, playing some good golf until he figures out where he wants to play for the future. He's only a kid. But, yeah, I um, I will say I was disappointed because, realistically, I should have uh, I should have kept him in the picks, and uh, I did not. I uh, I did stick or did follow the uh, theory of there being pretty – Pretty heavy weighted betting towards the females in the event. It is, like I said, it is a mixed event. So we did have uh, two women and one man in the picks. So it was Claire Shin, Cassie Porter, and Todd Sinnott. Uh, historically, we've had two women win the last two events. I, I feel like the, the course is setting up better. Uh, if I look at the results, obviously, we had um, Momoko Kabore, as I said, in third. And then we had also had, um, it was definitely in second place, it was Shannon Tan, who finished second. So... Two of the top three, uh, definitely in in the female division or not division, same same event, but um, yeah. So it does feel like it leans that way. I will be keeping an eye on it for next year as well, uh, but yeah, not sure. But well, well done uh, to uh, Kazuma Kabori. Now on to this week's events. So we're going to start off with the we'll start with the European tour because we're going to go a little bit more in depth in the US tour. So this week's event is the Ras Al Khaima Championship in the Emirates. Uh, it is, it's one of those events where we've had a couple of Middle Eastern events. Um, the field is starting to thin out a little bit, uh, realistically. Um, the top line players are guys like Thurston Lawrence, Jordan Smith, Jorgon Olsson, uh, Rasmus Hoygaard's there, Atayui's there, um, Xander Lombard, Pablo Larazabal, um, Connor Syme, you know, there's some middle of the road players, but you've got no Rory, you've got no Tommy, you've got no, um, I don't think there's any other rider, no rider cup players there, or maybe the whole guard. So there's not too much there um, from a top top line player point of view, but it's still a reasonably good field. Um, when I look at it again, I'll be putting out the email probably today um, to get it out nice and early for the for the US event. Um, there's really two names that stand out to me straight away. One's a guy that I had last week's event, which is Thorborn Ollison. The other one's Xander Lombard. Now, if I just look at recent form and course form. Uh, Thorborn Olsen, uh, his last two starts, he's played the last two weeks. He finished 21st this week and 8th the week before, and he finished 4th at this event last year. So that, to me, says playing good golf, knows his course well, played well here before. So that's a, that's a tick in both boxes for him. Another one, Xander Lombard. So Xander, the last two weeks, has finished 6th and 16th, and his last two starts here and his only two starts at this course have finished second and third. So, again, those two things point to me seeing Xander playing well again this week too. So, he's had some historical form coming in maybe two months ago as well. So, you know, playing good golf, playing playing here well always points to people that are going to play well. But I will firm up that information and make sure that I fill it out a little bit more for anyone who wants to get the email this week. The second big event this week, well, not the biggest event, but uh, again, we're in we're in the WebEx event with the Players Series event, and this time it's at Victoria, in Victoria, sorry, I should say, not at Victoria. It's down at Rosebank Country Club on the Mornington Peninsula. Another mixed event. Uh, we'll be keeping a big eye on this. Uh, we'll be in 
probably back by that stage from King Island, and I will be probably trying to head down there on the weekend at some point and have a bit of a look. Uh, my favourite boy, Tom Powell-Horn, is there. He's not very highly rated. Tommy's been mixing his form up a little bit, but he did finish second here two years ago. Um, he's been a bit scratchy of late, but, I mean, he's probably got eyes on a bigger prize getting ready to see what events he can get into in Europe in the not-too-distant future now that he's got his European Tour card uh, last year along with Mika. Um, the other guys and girls that I like, I really like Jake McLeod. Jake McLeod's been flashing some good form, so 10th last week up on the Murray. Twice here, he's finished sixth and seventh. So again, same sort of theories if you're looking at those European tour event. Jake McLeod's going to be probably the person I'll put on top. Todd Sinnott won here two years ago, and even though he didn't miss the cut this week and last week, I feel like he's got the game to play quite well here. So he's 100% going to be in the picks. And I mentioned Momoka Kabori before. I think she's probably going to be the one that I uh, have on top for uh, the best female chance in the event anyway. So she's finished ninth here two years ago and obviously third last week in the Murray River event. So they're the first four names that when I look at the field, I'm sort of coming around to. Obviously, I'm not looking at the same data here that I look at when it comes to the um, PGA Tour because I just don't have the information. There's just lots and lots less, lot less there to look at. The main event this week is Farmers Insurance Open. So Farmers Insurance has played at Torrey Pines. It's played on the north and the south course. It's, you know, we have back-to-back. We have three weeks in a row, actually, where we play on multiple courses. So obviously the Amex has played over three. This has played over two. And then we've got Pebble Beach next week where we're going to go and play over some more, uh, three more courses again. Um, Torrey's probably, I feel like it was probably made more famous once Tiger started playing there. You know, it's, it's a course where, Tiger really, I don't say you put it on the map. It's obviously a major championship course it's, and everyone knows what the course looks like. You're going to see 10 million uh, pictures of the scenery and the coastline there on San Diego and you're going to see the guys in their uh, their little hover glider or hang glider things coming off the cliffs. Uh, it's just going to be, if you're going to watch a golf this weekend, buckle up because you can get plenty of that. Um, it is a course I've played. So I played there a few years ago. It's very long. Uh, I'm not a big hitter, uh, but it is long. And I know that when it comes to the data, I do want to look at somebody who's hitting it long. If you look at the historical data, it doesn't really tell you that it's greatly advantageous to be a good distance off the tee, but I'm still putting it in. It's still something that I want to look at. Uh, Strokes hand off the tee in general, it's sitting as something that not super important off the tee, but I do feel like distance is key. Accuracy, not so much. Uh, Strokes gain approach is key. When I look at the distance spread, the ones that I'm really pulling into my numbers this week uh, 150 to 175 yards is about 21% of your shots on average into the green are going to be from that distance. And then 14% of your shots are going to be from 250 plus, which is quite, you know, when you look at the spread of what's normal, that's way above normal. Um, very similar to this week. So I'll be pulling in the 250 plus numbers and I'll be pulling in the 150 to 175. Uh, over and above that, uh, the stuff that you want to know, well, like I said, it starts on Wednesday. So don't don't uh, be waiting till Thursday night to be putting any bets on or having a look at it. Um, it's going to be one of those ones where you need to be well and truly organized, which you know most of us aren't, I guess, most of the time. Uh, and then when it comes to the players that I like, so if I go back and run down the sheet as well, there's five names that stand out straight away for me. Now, if I steer away from the guys like uh, Cantlay, probably Aberg and, and Shoffley, we're going to be right at the top of the pointy end of the, the betting market. Now, there are no odds out yet. Tony now rates really, really highly. I'm just not feeling like Tony's going to win this week. Um, he's probably not far away. He's probably just not flashing that form. But if I look at how he's played here historically, ninth, second, sixth, 13th, sixth, fourth uh, out of his last you know seven starts or so, that's that's a lot of top tens. 
Um, Max Homer won here last year, and he would be in my picks again this year. He finished 14th at the Century, 13th at the Hero. Loves this part of the world. Obviously, I think he's won four times. They've all been through um, California. I maybe won't overseas now, but he's finished first here last year. Two years ago, finished uh, 18th and then ninth before that. So that's all good form for him. Keegan Bradley is one that, as a player, I don't love him. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's a Boston fan and I'm a New York Yankees fan, but uh, he does play well here. So second last year, uh, four years back, 16th. Before that, he had a fifth and a fourth. Most importantly, Sony finished second at the Hero, finished 13th. So he's playing well. He plays well here. And overall, when I rank all my guys from top to bottom, he ranks 19. So he finishes in that top 20. Now, when I sent the email out, I did send out a, a secondary follow-up email last week just so people are aware because there are big names that aren't sometimes at the top of my list of players. And I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page. When I do send it out, a lot of it comes through as data from the last 12 months on the PGA Tour. So if you're not been playing the PGA Tour, I'm not pulling that data in. So I need to wait for you to play more events before I really get a good look at what your stats look like. Three guys that I'll be looking at that fall into that world this week. Number one is Rio Hitsatsune. He played quite well this week, finished 11th at the Amex, 30th the week before. But why I like him is because he spent some time in Australia this year. And I, I think I said it last week on the podcast with Will. I really like players that have spent time in anywhere over summer. They could have been down our summer, Southern Hemisphere summer. Could have been playing in South Africa. They could have been playing in Australia. I just feel like they come out in better nick and they playing. They can play better golf. I've just seen it so many times over the last 20 years. Players come down to Australia, play good golf, and then really launch themselves into next year. I feel like he could be a good player. And when I look at his data on this course, it's a lot of things that he does good. He's only probably just above average in driving distance, but he's still someone that I want to look at. Uh, Adrian Moronk's the other one. Now, I don't love that he's played last week in the Middle East and he's jumping over here, but I'm not going to put a line through him. He's not played here before and obviously hasn't played in the PJ Tour so or recently, so he's not exactly going to be top of my picks, but I will be keeping an eye on him. The last two picks are my favorite picks. Now, the first person I'm going to talk to is going back to the guys that are coming off the PJ Tour, and that's Jason Day. Now, Jason Day has an absolute affinity with Torrey Pines. The guy just plays well here. And even when he was going through the stretch there, when he was playing poorly, he still played well here. So seventh last year, third the year before, missed cut, 16th, fifth winner, cut, cut, winner, second, ninth. I mean, that there are so much green on the sheet in how he plays at Torrey Pines. You can't go past him. I know he finished 34th this week, but he finished 10th at the Century, 11th at the Hero. This is a week where you know the guy's improving. He's definitely made a change in his form in the last sort of six or eight months. I can't imagine that he won't be at the top of a lot of people's picks. And the second person that I really like and is probably going to be on top of my picks and it's not based on any data at all, that's Minwoo Lee. Now, Minwoo Lee's second event on the PGA Tour. He obviously played the AMX this week and finished 21st. But this course just screams Minwoo. The guy, like all Australians, love the sort of um, terrain they're playing here. He bombs it. The distance is going to be perfect. He's playing amazing golf. We saw him come through the Aussie summer just exceptionally. I just can't imagine that he's not going to play well this week. There's nothing nothing that is in his arsenal that I wouldn't look at and go, no, that doesn't work here. Like He just works. Um, it's like once upon a time, you look at a guy like Leash. Leash always played well here. Just Aussies just love this part of the world, that West Coast swing. So they're the guys that I'm sort of starting off with and I'll be putting out in the email how they definitively stack up for me. But Minwoo, Adrian Moronk, Rio Hitsatsune, 
Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, Max Homer are the ones I'm working around. And that's leaving at the top of the top of the tree. So that leaves out guys like Morikawa, Xander, uh, and Cantlay, even though they can play well here, especially someone like Cant- um, Shoffley, who is from this part of the world and, and does love the course and has played well here. Uh, wouldn't shock me to see him play well here, but it wouldn't shock me to see him come up at you know, 10, 12 to 1 favourite. I'd much prefer to back Min Lee at closer to 30 uh, than Xander at you know, 10 to 15. So that will be where I'll be going with that event. Other than that, that is really all I've got to talk about this week. Um, really, hopefully, someone's getting some winners out there. If you've backed in at Grayson at 1,000 or uh, Nick Dunlap at 550, good luck to you. Um, send me a photo of your bet slip. I won't share it. I'll just frame it and put it on my own wall for you know motivation to be better. Um, this week, like I said, I'll be traveling to King Island. I'll be making sure to put up lots of pictures on Instagram if you do want to watch. Or I'll be down there and putting up plenty. Um, if you have got any picks or anything that you want to see or any feedback for me, please let me know. This is the first one I've done solo. So hopefully I didn't say um too many times and hopefully I wasn't too quick. I wasn't too dry. But if for anyone who is having a bet, I will send the emails out. Um, other than that, I hope you have a really good week, everybody. And I will be back next week with Will. And we'll be talking about all, everything that happened at Torrey Pines. And obviously we'll be talking about the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which is starting next week. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. 